0: Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website GirlfriendIt.com and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com.
1: identity means we are not what we do or what people say about us, and we are not what we have. We are the beloved daughters and sons of God. And I love that quote by Henry Nouwen. Um Every one of us at some point in our life faces an identity crisis. Um, But maybe you are there right now, and if so, you are not alone. Today we will be discussing and providing tips on how to embrace who you are. And we're excited to have our first guest, Bill Reichart. He's a pastor and ministry leader. Actually, he lives in Atlanta, and he's also the editor of Ministry Best Practices, a site dedicated to equipping leaders for innovative ministry. So welcome, Bill. How are you today?
2: I'm great. Thanks, Patty.
1: And, and bill um, this is exciting to have you because we love talking about leadership we love equipping um, other leaders to go out there and just be inspired be motivated to take on their day to take on their week and today but though we're talking about those feelings of inadequacies where you don't necessarily feel like leading and many times it's easy to have those those feelings give us some background on um, what you do and how you you help leaders to get past uh, those those feelings of inadequacy.
2: Well, uh, you mentioned, of course, that I run a, a site, a website called ministrybestpractices.com, dot com, and its uh, whole purpose is to equip uh, leaders for innovative ministry, to help them uh, work through practical issues of ministry, but also help frame. Uh, what does it mean to uh, operate in ministry through a biblical grid and to uh, especially understanding the gospel much more clear and to operate through the lens and in light of the gospel. And that's that's a big focus of our site. Um, practically speaking, I'm engaged with an organization that uh, works with medical professionals, and I help lead and equip uh, and send and mobilize medical mission uh, opportunities around the world. And so needless to say, when I've been in cross-cultural occasions, and I would say almost every opportunity (laughs) that I've been traveling cross-culturally, it puts me in a position of feeling inadequate. Um, So to be in involved in ministry firsthand and on the front lines is, is something that uh, keeps me well in touch with uh, my own inadequacies at times and those feelings of, can I do this, and, and uh, do I really know what I'm doing here? <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, and I think so many of us um, feel that way, and it it's kind of funny because— we we almost put on a show because you you know we're just bringing it to mm-hmm. the lord which is which is awesome cuz you know you can't do it without just saying okay god mm-hmm. i'm clueless here <laughs> <laughs> what you give me every single step of the way. But yeah, it's it's easy to um just at times feel like you're you're faking it. Um but, but what what would be some tips that mm-hmm. you can tell our listeners today on, on maybe it's just faking it <laughs> letting God's power flow no. through you.
2: Well sometimes you got to uh you gotta be uh confident even though you may be uncertain and that's that's some that's kind of part of being a leader at times in terms of how we process this with God in our relationship with him. I think the first place to start is simply just to be honest, to be honest with God and to be honest with their feelings because, um, you know, God knows our heart. He knows what things we're struggling with. He knows our insecurities. He knows those tensions. And uh, so often we seek to hide and we remain in that place of hiding that it doesn't help us in any way. And we, we can't even help ourselves if we're not honest uh, to God first, and it helps us to be honest with ourselves. And, and when you look at the psalmist, when you look at David, and you read the psalms, I mean that is a great place to start. When you can see just real transparency and honesty, uh, and uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't sugarcoat, it doesn't cover up the the difficulties, the pains, the frustrations. It lays it all out there. Um, and although. For the most part, uh, the psalmists don't stay there. And that's the beauty of when we bring it to God and we're honest and open, God is able to kind of help us turn the corner. But the first place to start is being honest with God. Um, and he's a big God. He can take it. He can take our fears, our anger, our pain, our frustration, our insecurities. And um, he, he's able to handle those. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's really the best place to start is just be honest, be honest with him.
1: And, you know, it's interesting because I, I love the story, obviously, of and most of us have heard uh, the story in Exodus when God told Moses to lead the Israelites out of mm. Egypt. Yeah. And Moses's first response was, you know, but who am I? to appear before Pharaoh, and how can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? And so many times when we read Mm -hmm. that story, or at least when I do, I I look at Moses and his response and think, okay, don't you understand God's power here? You've seen all these things that he's doing, you know, didn't you believe that that God would equip you um, for this task? And yet we Mm -hmm. see it in our own lives, and like you said, you know, just being honest with God, but yet also... Having that faith to step up to the plate so mm-hmm. many times. And I, I see this quite a bit with women where they don't see themselves as leaders. And they mm. will, when they're asked to step up, um, it's, I'm going to pray about it. And they stay in that prayer mode. <laughs> it's like, okay, at some mm-hmm. point, though. Yeah you have to take put that faith into action you have to move forward and you, right. I, you know you want to say to them you are turning down an invitation to a holy adventure that, that has the potential to be awesome and yet you're staying in that you just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pray about it and, and I like to tell people you know be so prayed up that when you get the big mm-hmm. ask you're ready for it you're like this mm-hmm. is exactly where God wanted me, and yes, I know I have the experience, I have the talents and the gifts um, to know that this is exactly where I need to be, and I know that's that's fantasy world. We can't, you know, always have that, but it's <laughs> it's a good place to to shoot for and to strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, on that note, what do yeah. you do in your life, and how do you share with others? Because I, I I feel strongly, and maybe it's because I didn't have this when I was younger. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, is to understand my spiritual gifts, to be passionate about what God has given me and those talents and those gifts. Um, what What are some suggestions on how you can go that path?
2: Well, in terms of following your spiritual gifts and passions, I think the first place to start is, I think we just need to have the freedom to um, play in different uh, sandboxes, different areas of ministry, different opportunities. I think so often we want to lock that in on the front end. We want to have it all figured out. We, we want to have it buttoned down. And and I think God gives us the freedom to explore. And I think it's in that exploring. It's It's... Some of what you said is as we press forward, as we take those steps of faith, as we venture out, God is going to direct us. He doesn't direct a stationary car. It's, we've got to be in a, in a place of of. Perpetual motion in some direction where we then can allow God to speak through those uh, opportunities and I think it 's been for me it 's when i 've had a chance to experience different things that God has been able to make it more clear to to what are my gifts and passions and spiritual gifts even and what are those areas of interest that that really resonate with me and uh, and really are uh, really accommodate the way in which God has designed and wired me uh, individually and um, So I give people freedom, first of all. I I, I give them permission not to have it all figured out, but but then to also be very uh, attuned to how God may speak to those instances. And so... How are they? Um, how are they experiencing that moment of ministry and those opportunities? Um, is it a place where they? It's easy for them to lean into, or is it always a, an issue of contention, or is it difficulty? And then I'd also have them be sensitive to what others may say about that. You know, others from the outside can can really speak words of affirmation or encouragement, and they can uh, and they can give us a real indication of uh, where our gifts might lie. So really, hearing from other trusted individuals around us who can really speak into our life uh, with fresh eyes in some ways. Sometimes we don't see those things as easily as others might. Really hearing from other people, allowing them to speak into our lives is another thing I encourage people to do.
1: Well, I love that tip of playing in a different sandbox and, you know, going and stretching (laughs) yourself on a different playground. Because I I, I truly, um, so many times we want God, I know at least I do, I want God to put the, the writing on the wall and say, you know, this is exactly where I see you. This is where, you know, and and, and I also think, okay, God, why wouldn't you, you know, tell us exactly where we need to be. But it is the mysteries of the Lord and going out into the sandbox and figuring out um, that's what's exciting is to be mm-hmm. able to it's like unwrapping these these gifts to go okay I absolutely do not like doing this I remember um, at the church when we first um, started going to a, a new church which was 23 years ago and thinking okay I'm gonna work in the nursery because that's just what Women do.
3: (laughs) They go and they work in the nursery.
1: (laughs) And, you know, like every two minutes staring at the clock thinking, when is this going to end? But feeling obligated that that's where I needed to be. And I think even figuring out what you absolutely do not like is how you start realizing what you're going to be great at and what you can say no to. And I think, You know, there was a time where you think, no, this is all part of it. I just need to sacrifice, sacrifice what I would love to do because this is what we do rather than going, no, you can do what you absolutely love to do and, um, you know, be in that sweet spot
2: right well you know it goes back to being honest with god as we're honest to god with those passions and desires either he's going to he might alter those he might take them in a different direction than we initially intended or he may double down he might enhance those in such a passionate and dynamic way more than we ever expected so um you know we just need to be honest with him and in 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 our life and it's either with our insecurities or even those desires that we have that uh you know, we give those to him. He's going to, I mean, he's a good, gracious, loving father, and uh, we and can trust that him. And on Bill,
1: I'm going to interrupt you because we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia.
4: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to
0: stadia.cc. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Mark Lipinski is coming to TogiNet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two hour show, Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3 2 Central on TogiNet.com creative mojo it's fun entertaining informative inspirational and illuminating lipinski has worked on such shows as oprah the view the joan river show and ricky lake he's busy but he's got the drive to share with creative mojo dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes quilting and needlework Knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out MarkLepinsky.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on togynet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Well, welcome back. We are talking about, are you in an identity crisis at this time in your life? And joining us now is our special guest, Bill Reichardt. A pastor and ministry leader who equips leaders for innovative ministry. And Bill, I had to cut you off because I'm rude that way. Um, but you were talking <laughs> okay. um, just about you know talents and gifts. So so continue that thought.
4: Well, um, remind me where my thought was. I think I lost it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> It's nice to know someone else out, is out there that loses their thoughts. Well, we were we were just discussing um, on how many times we want God to just put the writing on the wall and tell oh, us yeah. exactly where we need to be. Otherwise, we start having this identity crisis. And sometimes we're in a season that uh, we know exactly where right. we should be in our ministry, where right. we should be serving in our body of Christ, right. and then that season might you know leave yeah. and. All of a sudden, you're. I know for me, in the last few years, I I looked at it as my, you know my land in between where you're kind of wandering around in the desert, and you're right. still you're doing things and you're serving, um, right. but you're just not feeling that this is your the sole purpose mm-hmm. of where God intends you. And have you gone through that kind yeah. of season in your life?
4: Oh yeah! In fact, yeah, that that's a great point, especially you know going back to Moses. And you know, I've been in those places where I felt like my life has been in a holding pattern, and uh, you know, those are tough places to be because at those times we think, well, this time is wasted. What what, what is God doing here? I seem like I'm just holding water. I'm just I'm just uh, on the sidelines, and I'm not. You know, we want to be we want to be asked to get into the game, but uh, we we find ourselves not engaged and. And those are hard times, and I've, I've been in those seasons where I feel like I've just been sidelined and kind of in that holding place. And But, you know, the rearview mirror gives a lot of clarity, and so looking back, it's it's been those seasons that God has used to prepare me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's prepared me and given, he got me to a place oftentimes, too, where even if he stripped other things away from my life, he's left me to a place where I've had to come to grips with the idea of, if uh you know Jesus is all there is, is that enough? And and I think that's where he wants us. I think that's where he wants us as leaders. He wants us to be living that there would be nothing else that would come between us and God. And uh and sometimes ministry and sometimes leadership and opportunities can be idols, idols of our heart that can uh we can attach our affections to that may uh take us from desiring him with all of our heart, soul, strength, mind, soul, everything that is in us and and uh we yeah god, god may use those moments those desert opportunities to form and fashion us into the type of person he wants us to be so I've had to learn and i've uh, i'm sure i'm going to continue to learn that those moments and those opportunities are not wasted moments God is doing something now i may not have it i may not clearly understand everything he's doing at that moment but uh uh I know that he's good and that is that he's he's got a plan and uh I may have a chance to figure it out After the fact, and in in many cases, I've been able to look back and see the wisdom of what God was doing in that moment and preparing me and forming and fashioning me into the person he wanted me to be for that next season of of life and opportunity in ministry. So, yeah, those times are hard, but, boy, I believe there's value, and I, I believe they have a purpose.
1: Well, I, I really appreciate the rearview mirror allegory that I, I wrote that down, that the rearview mirror is is actually a great place. And I, I think many times we need to do that reflection, even at the end of the day. Uh, it took me a while in doing ministry to realize exactly what you said, that that can become your idol. And you start Going, wow, you know, I'm pretty awesome. This ministry is really doing great things. And mm-hmm. you, you need to have that reflection time to go, oh, you know, wait a minute here. And uh, I, I think we get caught up and not just moving forward that we're not reflecting and, and thinking of those times, even writing it down to go, wow. Mm-hmm. I really messed up right here and, um, and evaluate, was that sin that took place there? Was it just, Mm -hmm. you know, you messing up, but bringing it to the Lord, um, daily instead of just, just rushing forward. Mm Um, what, what would you say just in identifying, you know, you have, Healthy godly behaviors and not so healthy godly behaviors. Uh, do you have any tips in um, in changing those patterns or behaviors that would would help our listeners?
4: Well, I think the uh, you know one of the aspects of mystery we've talked a lot about uh, uh, the idolatry. I think it really invites us to go back to the heart of the gospel. Um, I love the quote by Henry and that you used at the beginning of the show, because I think um, I think setting our heart and mind on the gospel and who we are as sons and daughters of the king, that we are beloved, um, you know, because we can stop doing things. We can try to stop certain behaviors, but we'll always backfill those behaviors with something else. So we've got to supplant those with a love and affection of the gospel, that the love and the affection of Christ and the gospel would be so much that there'd be room for nothing else. And so rather than sometimes we focus on the stop doing, I would focus on the start doing, and that is start falling in love with Christ more and understanding who we are, that we are loved and accepted, and that there's nothing we can do to change that. And I think if we can position ourselves and continue to drive ourselves to the cross and continue to drive ourselves to Jesus in such a way that uh, just ignites a greater love and passion for him. Um, I believe that will expel a lot of the, the types of behaviors or attitudes or, or things that, um, oftentimes take our heart away from Christ or cause us, uh, down, uh, dangerous roads. So, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think now and, and, and men like him really offer a great antidote to, uh, to, the, to just, being caught up in, in sin and bad behavior by really reminding us of the power and the necessity of the gospel to live in light of that. To never, we don't, I don't graduate from it, but I rather, I feel like I go to kindergarten every day. I have to relearn <laughs> what does it mean to be a, a son of the King? And so I think that's something we have to revisit constantly. Hmm.
1: Okay. So a question when we're just, you know, just reading God's word and spending that time with the Lord, do you feel that you can grow and just keep craving Christ and falling deeper and deeper in love with him? If you are not serving.
4: Hmm. It's
1: a tough question. I
4: know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure there's room for some growth, but I do think, there's something powerful about giving our lives away and serving others. Uh, you know, maybe I oftentimes uh, use the uh, analogy that if, if we're just constantly feeding ourselves, it's, it's kind of like the Dead Sea. We're, we're always pouring into it, but if there's no outlet, there's no life. Mm-hmm. And there's there's real value in, in serving and giving our lives away. Um, I see that. Typically, for me, and in the areas of ministry that I'm currently doing with medical professionals and and, and leading medical professionals in the underserved communities around the world, the value of being a uh, a blessing to others usually comes back to be a blessing for me. Um, you know, I, I often say to my teams, you know, we're not we're we're there to bring uh, comfort to the afflicted, but but these opportunities when we go and serve do more than that. They afflict the comfortable. They afflict us and and they're going to change us and and I think serving and giving our lives away and and seeing others the way Jesus saw them um I think that I think that has a powerful effect and I would say I would say we'd be missing out on significant opportunities to change and grow if we weren't serving certainly yeah
1: and tell us we have three minutes till we go into a commercial break tell us a little bit about because of what you do in the medical field and um Mm -hmm. also just helping leaders where you have just seen the this the, the supernatural way that god has you know just is working and maybe even the craziest place you've been where you've just seen the holy spirit bouncing off
5: the walls
4: oh wow um well, I think one of the hardest places, if called crazy places, was going into Port-au-Prince after the earthquake and to see the brokenness and the devastation and uh, more than I ever could have anticipated ever seeing. And I've traveled around the world and I've seen impoverished communities, but there was something so broken about the people um, in, in Port-au-Prince and in Haiti, especially after suffering through that earthquake. Mm. But I think what really, uh, what really impacted me was that even though there's such darkness, such hurt, such brokenness, such devastation, that the gospel is not uh, the gospel is not absent from even the darkest places. And to see, well, to see the church come together. To serve. And, and one of the new things was the healing that came with serving alongside Dominicans and Haitians. And you have to know something about the history of that island, but they hate each other. They, they, there's been uh, decades, if not centuries, of animosity and hate and mistrust. And the fact that, that in the midst of this situation that there was healing, not just physical healing, and we were able to bind people's wounds, but to see the gospel grow and to take root, But to also know that even though, you know, we came in and we helped serve a church, there was a church there long before we got there, and there'll be a church there long after we have left. And uh, to know that the gospel and God's kingdom is constantly at work, and even in the darkest places, something that has impacted me and continues to this day. Mm.
1: And, uh, you know, like you said, unless you've experienced that and been there, to be able to truly... Um, see that kind of brokenness and see the healing that takes place I I can't imagine uh, what (laughs) what you experienced there well Bill I just want to thank you so much for your time you can find out more about Bill on our website and we are discussing not letting the fear of inadequacy hinder you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life so take courage move forward and watch as fear takes flight we'll be right back
0: This is Girlfriended on TogiNap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these.
1: We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change
4: lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc.
0: Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is TokiNet Radio.
5: Are you looking for something more in your life or business?
4: More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it
5: doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker,
4: and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you
5: to make it happen.
1: Well, welcome back. We were discussing about being in an identity crisis, and our next guest has a passion for teaching and preaching on themes of brokenness and the power of redemption. Suzanne Burden holds an MA in Theological Studies from Grace Theological Seminary. She is a storyteller at heart, and she weaves personal narrative and questioning with the grand story of God's kingdom purposes as revealed in His Word. Suzanne's writing has been featured in a variety. Of devotional products, including the Zondervan's True Images Bible, New Women's Devotional Bible, and New Hope in the Morning Bible. Her writings has also appeared on Christianity
3: Today's Gifted for Leadership. So welcome Suzanne. How are you? Thank you, Patty. It is so nice to be here. I, I'm doing great. Having a wonderful day. I hear you're having a wonderful day and on a commercial break, you mentioned that you're
1: eating bacon wrapped dates and you are very thrilled and excited about that. (laughs) And I have to tell you just hearing that kind of makes my teeth sweat.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I will make it clear that I'm actually not eating them at this very moment, but, um, about 10 minutes ago, I was enjoying um, the leftovers of an appetizer that, that we had last night and, uh, I have decided in small doses this is probably the best food that one can get one's hands on. So. Yeah. See that's just so funny
1: to me. Now bacon is such a big hot thing right now. I mean it's just like bacon ice cream, yeah, bacon covered dates. I just it it's I love bacon but it just is funny to put that this and I like the salty sweet tasting things but bacon on a date I've never heard of that. So it must be from different a different culture.
3: I guess so. We've also recently discovered bacon at a chocolate bar. And um, I can highly recommend that to you as well. So there are options out there for bacon that, lovers.
1: That is really funny. You know, I, I'm even hearing um, potato chips and ice cream and uh, bacon and ice cream. So I guess it's kind of like having salted caramel ice cream or whatever. But it There's- just...
3: Yes, there are times of the month when it is more appetizing than others. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well we are discussing um just Having that that maybe that season in your life where you're you're having an identity crises or you're just feeling inadequate, and what would be the key to freedom from feeling inadequate? And how do we change our thinking patterns? Maybe admit the fear and move forward. And you um, are, are writing blogs, and you have a new book out, correct? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, yeah. We, uh, My co-authors and I have two co-authors, and together we wrote a book called Reclaiming Eve, and it is about the identity um, and calling of women in the kingdom of God. And it started out as a church Bible study. We had about 40 women involved and really felt, because identity is such a strong issue for women, mm-hmm. for everyone, really, that this was something God was calling us to do. And so four and a half years later, We published the book and then released a small group DVD discussion and Bible study piece this summer as well, just to reach out to women everywhere to help them to understand their identity in Christ and who they are created to be.
1: Mm. And and why do you think women struggle so much with this identity and um, kind of having fear stop them from, you know, truly being the best and having that purpose that God intended them to, to be?
3: Well, you know, I think it goes back to what we believe about ourselves. I think it's a spiritual issue and it's a theological issue. And And as far as our book is concerned, what we really discover that there are two ways of looking at women and there are two ways of looking at Eve. So we look at Eve primarily as if she was easily deceived, dangerous and inferior and colored by her sin, or we're going to look at Eve um, with God's original intentions as spelled out in Genesis 1 and 2 that she was created as an image bear representative of the living god and in Azer the hebrew word that means strong power alongside Adam to do God's good work in this world. So we have a choice as to which of those Eves and those women we're going to um, invest our mental, emotional, and spiritual um, energy in. And we believe that God's intention, as clearly spelled out in Genesis 1 and 2, is that women need to live up to that identity as image bearer as strong power alongside men. And that in Jesus, we are redeemed to do just that. And so that is the life-giving message behind the book. Mm. And you know, we, we sometimes, and I love this
1: thought process. uh, Sometimes uh, we read through these books and we, um, we get pumped up and then we go, oh, now what? Like I read this, I I understand that this is God's calling. I understand the power that I have in Christ, but then how do I take that next step when you are one of those gals that are waking up in the morning just going I can barely breathe right now I have I'm just so overwhelmed and so much on my plate with my kids plus trying to get to work plus trying to sign their field trip slip plus trying to go to their choir you know Christmas event tonight how do I apply that and wake up in the morning and am I just able to move through life
3: Mm-hmm. What a good question! We actually have a story of a woman in our in our Bible study, who learned about that Hebrew word "azer" in Genesis two eighteen. It says God will make a helper that is suitable for him, and that's a, a weak translation of of a very powerful word. And so God will make a strong power or a strong helper that is suitable. And this woman was in the grocery store having a no good, very bad day, and she began singing. I am an Azer, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. She sang it over and over again in the middle of the grocery store, and she said that it gave her enough strength to be able to get through what she was doing and move on to the next thing. And so the important thing about what we're talking about, we're talking about reclaiming women and reclaiming Eve, is that this theology and this message fits every girl and every woman. It fits the busy homeschooling mother of five kids who feels like she's about to pull her hair out. And it fits the woman in her 80s who, after hearing the message said, now I believe that I am still worth something in God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. There aren't any limits on our schedule, our availability, our health. God has called each of us to rise up as image bearers and strong powers. And so it just looks different From woman to woman, but the message and the hope is the same, that God is with you. He has created you with great intention and purpose, and you simply need to receive and to tell yourself the truth rather than believing the lies. And I think that's key, is to always be putting the truth in front of us, to surround ourselves with God's word, with resources and people that help us to live out of our true identity in Christ. And as we're doing that, we're going to help our kids and our co-workers and our husbands and our friends to do the same.
4: Mm.
1: Well, uh, you definitely see that with Eve when you see the power that a female has um, over your husbands, or just, you know, over your, your sons and your and your daughters. Um that we don't realize it at times when we do wake up in the morning and we're in that hole and we feel stuck. That we set the tone for everybody in our household and uh, we forget how many people we're actually influencing by our attitude and um, by not listening to the truth. Was there a time in your life that you have been there where you have felt stuck, felt inadequate? Um, that you can share with what you were able to do in this time? Where should we begin? There have been (laughs)
3: been so many times, but I think um, one of the ways I felt inadequate as a woman is um, I got married later in life at age 35 and being unable to have children, experiencing infertility and adoption loss, And feeling so much like, especially in the world of the church, but also out in the world at large, that my identity is wrapped up in whether or not I can bear children and wanting to do that. And so this Reclaiming Eve project, we were working through these issues at the time that this was happening, and I had to keep going back and saying, wait. When God created Eve, He called her a strong power before she was joined with Adam, before she had children. Every woman is on mission just by who God created them to be, and I'm not defined by whether or not I'm able to bear a child. And that is something that I've had to keep going back to the truth. Um, we do it, we do it once, and and hopefully we get a foundation. But God is in an active relationship with us, and so when doubts or lies arise in my mind about my worth and value, I have to go back to God's Word. And I have to be in community with other people who can remind me of where my real value lies. And so no matter what comes up, whatever circumstance or identity crisis, because I'll probably have some more of them (laughs) in my life. We go through different seasons and stages. I want God to make um, a strong foundation under me so that I can return. To the truth
1: okay Suzanne thank you for sharing that I have to ask you um, are you still in that place of infertility or did you adopt where where are you in your in your season right now
3: yeah I, I can't really tell you that um, I'm unable to bear children at this point but um, I, I don't know what God's going to do specifically and I, I don't think that we're guaranteed a child I don't I don't subscribe to that but I do remain open to whatever it is that God wants to do through us. So we're praying, we're seeking what that next step might be, and we're reminding ourselves that we are blessed by a God who created us and loved us if we have a child in our home and if we do not have a child in our home.
1: Mm,
3: And that's such a
1: a great attitude. And obviously because you are listening to the truth, you're able to even have that attitude. I know uh, my sister— was never able to have um, children of her own, and so when it finally came time for for me to um, you know I really wanted to have kids, I had a difficult time as well, and there looking back at, at, at through that whole season there's nothing compared that pain and those emotions um, of all the baby showers that you go to, of all the times that you want to be so happy and genuinely um, loving all of your, of your friends or having kids and yet inside there is that, that burning ache that's really hard to, um, to get past. It's, it can be a lonely and isolated place in, unless you have and God surrounds you with people that just love on you and um, help you to get through that but we are going to take a commercial break and when we come back we're going to continue talking about where are you finding your worth and value and who are you and whose are you so stay tuned we'll be right back
3: That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia.
4: Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's words never heard.
5: A study was done to measure the stress level of women in different countries. It turns out that women in India have the most omni-strain. That's feeling stressed most of the time. Followed by Mexico and Russia. The study found that women in emerging countries tend to be more stressed because they have to juggle a modern career with a busy home life as well as conform to traditional standards. Sometimes this means pulling an all-nighter, otherwise known as a pernoctation. A good rule is never to argue with a woman when she's tired. Or when she's rested. I say women who think they are equal to men definitely lack ambition. This statement is an example of ipsidixitism. That's dogmatic assertion.
4: It's Words You Never heard.
5: I'm Carolyn Davidson and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Variaptic Surgery Center of Dallas.
1: Welcome back, we are talking about your identity crisis, where do you find your worth and your value, and we are chatting with Suzanne Burden, she has a passion for teaching and preaching on themes of brokenness and the power of redemption, and Suzanne, we just went off from the commercial break, and um, I want to hear a little bit more about what you're doing on the global level with women, and um, also just God's intention with all of us as male and female working together to further his kingdom so there's all kinds of craziness that we want to do all within 15 minutes so let's start with um women globally where do you see all of of this movement and how can our listeners um be a part of um of a global movement
3: yeah, there's, it's, it's always overwhelming because we hear about um, kind of the plight of girls and women around the world, and we think, how in the world mm-hmm. um, can I be involved with that? And um, there's a good resource out there called Refuse to Do Nothing, mm-hmm. um, written by a, a couple women that are talking um, much about the slave trade around the world. Um, International Justice Mission says there are 27 million slaves, at least, around the world, even right now as we sit here. Here and many of them are girls and women who are being trafficked for sex um the the statistics are sobering when we think about it 70 percent of the world's poor are women um three million women a year or girls a year in africa are victims of genital cutting Mm -hmm. a ritual um that causes health problems and um, diminishes the dignity of women around the world. And and there are, are women going hungry, there are women who are dying just because they are female. And these things ought not to be. And so I think as women who um, of faith who love Jesus and who feel empowered as his image bears and the strong powers he's created us to be, that we are called to response and to speak out on behalf of those who don't have a voice. And so part of the message in in Reclaiming Eve is to really lay a groundwork to give us a theology that works for every woman, whether she is in Gabon, Africa, in India. Um, In South Korea or in the United States or Canada, something that will work for every woman that that brings the dignity of Christ to bear on every situation. And so I, I think we have to start by examining what we believe about women and then finding ways that we can speak into these issues. Because as they say, if you want something to get done, educate a girl. This is, a, this is a common thing that people trying to help women talk about, especially in the book Half the Sky that talks about these women around the world. And so as far as believers in Jesus go, if you want something to get done for women in God's kingdom, I think women are the prime candidates to be able to step forward and to speak into and to make a difference on these issues.
1: Well, you are definitely um, speaking, I know Lisa and I, you're speaking our lingo, Uh, we are very passionate about just the sex slavery that's taking place in our world, and we have the Super Bowl coming up in February here in Arizona, and so we've been um, on a crusade there and just helping, because you, like you said, just educating others um, to let them know of what is taking place. They have an average of 9,000 girls under the age of 18 that surround the hotels when a Super Bowl game is taking place um, just for basically being raped and in sex slavery. And we don't want to hear that. We don't think it's happening in our communities and especially in our neighborhoods, um, but it is. And we can all step up. Like you said, just reclaiming Eve, we have the power through Christ to um, make a difference and to get something. Done. Uh, What are some opportunities uh, that you're talking about with both um, men and women um, working together to just, like you said, just
3: take on the kingdom of God? You know, it's funny. As you were talking, I was actually thinking about this couple, Beth and Chris Bruno, B R U N O. You could actually look them up online. Together, they um, wanted to take on this issue of um, sex trafficking and pornography and those issues are actually related um if you get into it and you educate yourself a little bit and so they wrote a book for men Mm. to to basically um address them on the issue of pornography and to enlist their help in being able to connect those dots of how those are related and to say this is an injustice and a wrong if you are involved in it you need to repent of it And God in his grace and mercy will give you what you need to do that. And then we want to unleash you in God's kingdom. And what a great example of this married couple Mm -hmm. coming together. He's a counselor and she's a writer and an advocate for women um, in her community and um, making a difference by doing that. And so we see men and women and girls and boys doing things together for the kingdom of God in which Um, we just sense, we look at it and we sense there's an impact being made here. And isn't that funny? Because in the beginning, God's number one team is a team consisted of a man and a woman. Mm. And so um, we call that the blessed alliance. It's a term that Carolyn Custis James, an author, coined. And so this idea that God's best deal and his best way of moving in our world is to bring both men and women together to do the job. And mm-hmm. so when, when a woman is not at um, a table in a boardroom and it's all made up of men, I believe there is something missing. And studies have even shown that, that the bottom line is affected when both genders are not represented. And the same is true when there's a group of women working on something and they don't have the input and partnership of their brothers. Um, Like, I think we're missing out. And so I just have a passion to be able to go into places where I can speak about this and encourage both men and women to step forward. We've got a lot of baggage under the bridge for some of us Mm -hmm. um, in this area. We have been hurt in um, relationships with men. And yet through community and, and the body of Christ, we can pursue healing and wholeness because if we don't, I don't think that the body of Christ can function in the world the way that Jesus intended it to. We're just limping along if we're not partnering together.
1: Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the war zone with you. And uh, you, can, you can feel free to laugh it off and not answer this question. <laughs> um, so how do you feel about women being an elder in church? sitting at that boardroom table with men as an elder.
3: You know, um, this has been a part of my personal journey going to seminary and even serving as a pastor and, and now serving as a part-time chaplain. Um, I have really studied God's word and I have listened to stories and most especially studied the new Testament and the women that were freed up to do amazing things. And, um, I really feel that after studying those passages and taking the whole of scripture into account that God is calling women to all levels of leadership in our homes, in our churches, and in the world. I don't believe if Jesus were sitting here having this conversation and we asked him, should women be elders, that it would be an issue for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a cultural issue, and it has been at different times. But I don't think that the Word of God is putting any limitations on the giftedness that is given to women. And just as an example, there are some problem passages, as we call them in the New Testament, that talk about restrictions that were on women in certain cultures, in certain churches at a specific point in time. There's um, about six verses on women not speaking, and there are 70 verses on spiritual giftedness belonging to every believer in Christ, including every daughter of Jesus. And so uh, my position and my journey has led me to this place of wanting to see everyone in, um, freed up in God's kingdom to do their part. And I know that can be controversial because I've been in those circles and I am asked this question a lot, but, um, I believe the intention of scripture and, and is, is clear in, in this area in my own heart at this point. And I also believe that if we don't free up women to fully partner with their brothers, we are again limping. We are not fully activated as the body of
2: Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. um that's a, a very good image there that we are limping and not fully being activated as, as the body of christ um i love that and um the our producer and i were like just buzzing back and forth you know smiling and nodding our head uh <laughs> you articulated that so well and just um Being able to truly know the truth, see what God's Word has to say about um, where women can be in leadership. And uh, many times we do get caught up as a culture of stifling that. And um, I do believe that Causes us to limp. So I, I, I love the way that you um, created that imagery there. Well, um, Suzanne, we just have two more minutes before we go into um, the end of the show. And uh, we just want to say again, thank you so much. You are the co author of Reclaiming Eve, the identity and calling of women in the kingdom of God. And we can find, tell us where we can find you and what you have going into the future to, to look for your new books.
3: Absolutely. So you can find me at com, and I have a contact form. And I love to lead healing retreats on Reclaiming Eve with women um, where we can experience the truth of God's word together and talk about what it means to live this out in our unique journeys. I love to speak at churches and conferences on this issue as well. So you can contact me that way. The book Reclaiming Eve is available online through Amazon or barnesandnoble.com as well as a small group DVD. So women are doing this in small groups and being set free right now alongside of their sisters. And that's what I'm passionate about. I'm actually working and thinking right now on telling stories of these male-female partnerships, kind of going back through history and up to the present and noticing, you know what? Is this possible? Can we do it? Well, actually, we're already doing it. Men and women are already joining together for the kingdom of God with powerful results. And so I'm setting my sights on talking and writing about that more and and really lifting up our brothers right alongside our sisters because it's a partnership and we are all in this together. Well, we are all in this together
1: and that was a great way to end our show. And as you're in that place in your life, if you're in that season of being stuck What does God have out, um, just what is God's purpose in your life, and what new opportunities lay before you? Ask yourself those questions. Uh, We want you to move forward in the dreams that God gave you, and don't let the fear of inadequacy hinder what God's purpose is. Thank you, and we will talk to you next week.